if I told you what that what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it. Curling has to be the most difficult, eye-hurting sport I've ever witnessed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been described as the bridesmaids of Harlan. Well, today we got married. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air, and then hit it. Boss! Boss of Harlan, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking place. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Hurling Podcast. This week we were delighted to chat to Irish Times sports writer Malky Clerken on the weekend's action from the Munster and Leinster semi-finals. Malky was in Crow Park on Saturday as Galway dispatched of Wexford, so we looked to him to offer us some sort of glimmer of hope. Malky, you were in Crow Park on Saturday. Yes. So you got the bird's eye view. Indeed. What, what what can you offer us, Wexfordians? <laughs> what sort of silver lining could you see from up there that makes it not so grim for us watching well, on telly? Well, at the first water break, the note I had in my uh, in my notepad was these are two very evenly matched teams. Connor Whelan was more or less doing whatever he wanted at one end of the pitch, but Lee Chin was more or less doing whatever he wanted at the other end of the pitch, you know? Um, I thought up until then, whatever that was, 22nd minute, very even game. Not a lot to pick between them. And and I actually thought it was like an awful lot of the hurling matches that we see these days, you know, like sequences of play lasting sort of 20 seconds from a goalkeeper's puck out to a shot at the other end. Uh, and it was, you know, kind of hurling tennis a little bit. So if you want a silver lining, like had the game gone on like that, for the rest of the way, there wasn't an awful lot to choose between them. But the games are 70 minutes and not uh, not 22 minutes. And um, I thought what was really worrying from Wexford's point of view was Galway didn't have to do an awful lot to ease clear of them, I thought. I thought that period after the first water break to half time, like Galway got the scruffy goal. And so they went in at half time, six points up. I don't know that that you would stand there at halftime and say they're like they're six points better than 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 Wexford here, because I don't. I, it wasn't that sort of game. As I say, it was very even up until the first water break. Like the goal came from a Joe Canning free that dropped short. Mark Fanning, the defenders in front of Mark Fanning, kind of got in his way a little bit, and the ball squirted out, and Concanon scooped it in. Now, there could have been. Five other scenarios there. Canning could have pointed the free. He could have put it wide. One of the defenders could have caught it. Fanning could have batted it clear. A load of stuff could have happened to that dropping ball that would not have given Galway that goal, right? So you're sitting there at halftime going, okay, it's a six-point margin here, but this isn't really a six-point game. You know, it was very even for a long time, and Galway got a shitty goal. Mm. There really isn't an awful lot in this. And yet Wexford came back out as, you'd nearly swear they were 12 points down. You know, the, the, and, and Davey was saying it a little bit afterwards. Now, he was talking about the last 20 minutes and he was going, it was really bad from our point of view that, that we kind of gave up or we raised the white flag in those last 20 minutes and just saw it out. I don't know. It, it kind of looked like that from the, from the beginning because of the second half because you could see that Galway were coming out and of course, you're coming out and going, 
we're finishing this game, lads. This game ends here. We're this is us. We're coming out to bury these fuckers. And Wexford came out as if it was just another game. I know they got the first point. Lee Chenin got a free. But then Galway rattled off sort of three in a row. And Wexford were so I thought they were really bereft of a plan B. I thought the structure that they've come up with, which when it works is fantastic and really innovative, um, you know, runners off the shoulder, Kevin Foley, Dee O'Keefe, Liam Ogan-McGovern, running, running, running. Galway kind of stacked the midfield and stopped them running through it. And when that didn't work, I thought Wexford were kind of, they were kind of bereft after that. And that would worry me a bit about them. Those two things, the fact that they basically, they gave up very early for a game that that goalie didn't have to do an awful lot to get, to get clear from them. And B, that, that when their sort of signature way of playing wasn't working, when they weren't able to run through these, these sort of six foot, six foot two Galway guys, there was no second thought. There was no, they didn't leave Conor McDonald up and try and stretch the play, try and get Galway to drop a defender back there so, and therefore take another person out of that centre zone. They didn't do, they just kept trying to run it through and run it through and run it through. And I thought, like I actually made this note, the thing that you could tell that Wexford's day had just totally gone to shit and that their plan had ceased to work was that Liam Oog and Dee O'Keefe were gone by the 50th minute. Your big runners, your your really sort of those guys that that all the way through Leinster last year and for the first 50 minutes of the All Ireland semi final, you know, were finding themselves in space. You see, you see them running, sneaking down the the Cusack stand side of the pitch or the Hogan stand side of the pitch with their hand in the air, saying, "I'm free here. I'm free." Running, running, running. Two of them trooped off not injured, just taken off because they're having no effect on the game. And that would worry yeah. me from Wexford's point of view. He's talked about the first 15 minutes was very even. I actually thought the running game kind of did work a little bit in that first mm-hmm. 15 minutes because yeah. there were kind of goal chances created. Aidan Nolan was in there at one stage. Yeah. Uh, what did, did, did Galway change something then after the water break to nullify that, to, like, to stop it? And then it, it was from that that Wexford couldn't come up with the plan B, you think? I thought there was a, there was a couple of things. One, like, like I think in that early early part, Chin was, was doing so well. He, he, he was really sort of drawing his man around the place, but winning his battle. So when, when the ball was angled up to him, no matter how good a defender you are, you don't win a clean ball off Lee Chin. Like, if he doesn't win it, he at least gets it to the ground and slows everything up so that people can arrive and, it, and it's contested ball. Galway started to, to cut off that supply to him, which led him to a situation where, like, he's the sort of player who can't be out of the game for five minutes. You know, and, and when he's playing high, high up the pitch, he, and I'm sure Wexford think this too, like that, that it's a waste for him to be away from where the play is for five minutes or getting on to seven minutes or eight minutes and he gets a bit fidgety then and a bit and wants to affect the game. So he comes further back out the field. And I thought that was noticeable that he was coming further back out the field to try and and get involved in the game a bit more. And that there was less of an outlet then 
and it was all getting so bunched around the middle. It it was funny. Like I remember leaving the house here to go to the match on Saturday night, and, and my wife saying, "You know, enjoy it now." And I says, "Do you know what? I genuinely feel privileged to be allowed to go to a game. You know, because I am one of there. There, there might only be a hundred of us all together around the country who are allowed to go to these games, and." I was standing, sitting there at one stage, sort of late in the first half, all right, and watching the two teams get ready for a puck out. And I was sitting there going, nobody at home can see this, but you could draw a line from, I'm not sure if it was Mark Fanning or the Galway keeper was taking it, but whoever it was, it doesn't matter. You could near enough draw two lines from the two posts to the other two posts at the other end of the pitch. And I would say of the 30 players on the pitch, you probably had 24 or 26 in that line. There was no, you know, they were lining, everybody was lining up for puck outs right down the centre of the pitch. There was no width. Obviously, these were pre, you know, pre-designed moves and people run here and they run there and they run there. But it wasn't even as if there was loads of diagonal balls going out. It was, everything was so bunched around the middle. And it was clearly Galway kind of going, right, lads, if, if you want to run it, we're all here. So if you, if you can get through us, good luck to you. But uh, you're going to know about it. You're going to feel it. it. That was a big thing from, from Galway's point of view. It's not often you see Davey outsmarted, really. You, you know, you, saw, you see his teams outhurled at times. You see his teams outfought at times. You see his teams lose to teams that have better players or more reliable free takers, although Chin has become a very good free taker, but very rarely that you see him kind of outthought. And Galway had clearly designed this game plan to stop the Wexford players running. And it worked. It worked. I, I, I described it in the paper. It was like, a, like an NFL defense stacking the box, basically <laughs> stopping, the, stopping the running back, you know, kind of going all right, we know you're going to run it, but you're going to have to run it through eight of us here. And if you can do it, fair play to you, but good luck to you. So I think that in answer to, to what you're asking, I'm not sure that Galway really did anything particularly different after that, that water break. But I do think that Chin having to come back out the field robbed Wexford of a bit of an outlet. And nothing changed with the Galway forward line. Like Concanon and Whelan, I thought Whelan was just fantastic. Yeah. I don't know who I don't know who got man in the match now on the TV, but he was like he was neat, he was kind of unplayable. Like he was very unlucky to be called back. He scored a goal. Uh, yeah, the referee didn't give the advantage. Now, to be fair, he had given him the advantage, and I'd say by the time he hit it, it was seven seconds of an advantage rather than five seconds of an advantage. So I presume he was right and called it back. But but whether the goal went in or not, or whether it stood or not. Like what he did for that, that was completely self-generated. You know, he, he is phenomenal at winning his own ball. Uh, he was winning puck outs for not a very tall guy. He's obviously physically a phenomenon, but like he's, he's, not, he's not that tall, but he was winning plenty of his own ball. And between him and Concanon then, Concanon had one of those nights where, you know, he's not flashy or anything like that, but he... He was just, it was really enterprising and, and economical what he was doing. He was getting on ball, just tipping away, tipping away, tipping away. And he had won four by the end of it and Whelan had, had four from play. 
that that they were able to stretch the field like that and be able to have that sort of that sort of space for themselves and they didn't let up whereas Wexford did I guess. Concanon, he we kind of pointed him out from the league. He had started the league very well. Like he he had kind of been more of a bit part player for the last few now he's still young, but he didn't feature too much last year or anything. But in the league he really started to come on a bit and he's just proven now that he can he can do it in the championship. Another mm. thing from your bird's eye view that Wexford are told, were told we play the sweeper and we play very defensively. I thought that Wexford, the Galway forwards seemed to have a lot more space than the Wexford forwards did. Especially from the, was it just the delivery from the Galway defence was that much better quality? It, it, it kind of took out the sweeper at a lot of, at a lot of stages. And yeah, there, there was certainly an element of that, as I was saying, with, with Wheel and Concannon, had a lot of width. You sort of half mentioned it there, you know, Wexford are known as defensive. I think like most teams set up more or less the same way these days, like Galway, you know, Galway played with the same amount of players in their full forward line as Wexford did. (laughs) And, you know, they they don't get called defensive because of it. You know, like they played two man full forward line and they pulled everybody else back and had, Basically, from inside the the Wexford forty five, Concannon and Whelan had the run of the place, you know. And Joe Canning kind of ambled around and got himself involved here and there. Connor Cooney did a bit here and there, but the delivery from the Galway backs was really good, really good. And and they got forward for a lot of scores themselves, you know. Like Sean Loftus got two from corner back, Park Manning got two from wing back. And they were kind of striding out of defence, but playing very savvy balls. You know, like, let's say Conor Whelan in the first half was left, you know, you know the goal we were playing into the canal end. When, say, uh, Aidan Hart would be coming out with the ball from, from down at the hill end, like, Galway would have retreated, Joe Canning would have retreated out of the way and left like the whole of this sort of the Hogan stand side of the pitch from the 65 up was completely empty for Conor Whelan to run into and for Aiden Hart to hit the ball into. So you're talking about, because there was such bunching around the middle, uh, the, the wings were left really, really open. And like Whelan just exploited that and Concanon exploited that. You know, it, what they were doing wasn't easy. You know, they were beating their man out to the ball, getting on it, jinking and turning and, and shooting. Like, it's, I guess it's rudimentary corner forward play, but it, it, it wasn't easy. And they were, but they were on, they were on it. They were really on the money, but they were, the, 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 the level of, um, the, the level of population of the real sort of center, center third of the pitch really left a lot of room on the wings of Galway exploited. They didn't have to be that great ball either when those lads are able to win their own ball. Like it actually doesn't matter what kind of ball you put into Conor Whelan. Mm. He's gonna win it. Mm. He's uh, he's phenomenal. He he really is. Like he's um and I think he like he's he is only about five ten, but like he's a he's a real tank of a guy, like and uh he was yeah, he was on it, like he was really he was really uh flying it and like could have had could have had his goal set up another uh, good chance as well in the first half and took his points. He ended with four from players. So he was when, when Davey was having his, uh, his post-match uh, interview, we'll call it, mm. um, 
he said that he was asked a question about a plan B and he said that he tried four different formations Yeah. from where you were. Could you see that he changed things? He tried to change things? Not particularly. I mean, the, the, the only real um, noticeable change, you know, from, from, from my eye was moving, was Chin moving back out the, out the pitch to try and get involved. Um, other than that, you know, Conor McDonald's did more or less where he was. I didn't see an awful lot from any of the subs that came on. I know the game was it was more or less done by the time they were coming on. So, you know, you couldn't be... I'm not sure they were changes to change the game. Like Davey always... And, and look, Davey knows an awful lot more about it than me. And, you know, I, I if he says there was four different game plans, I'd, you know... I trust him, but I would imagine that the the degree of nuance there uh, from one one game plan to the next would be quite. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell an awful lot of difference. Like they, you know, their sweeper was the same throughout. Kevin Foley. It, their problem was that they weren't able to release the players off the shoulder. Like I, I, absolutely, they did in the in the first sort of. 20 minutes, Matt O'Hanlon found himself in on goal, just didn't collect it uh, well enough to, to get the strike away. That sort of, that sort of relentless overlapping, uh, you know, the really, really sharp given goals that they're so good at um, and that they were even good at even like back early in, in, early in the year in the league. Just... Just wasn't there, and and it, and and I think it was because Galway just weren't having it. They, they had just decided, you know, guys, this is. We have studied you. We've studied what made you so successful last year. What had you, you know, on the cusp of an All Ireland final, and um, we're we're not going to let you do it. If you if you want to beat us, you're going to have to do it a different way, uh, and and they couldn't find a different way. So you would think more so, like, the word is that Wexford just didn't bring us. Their intensity wasn't there. And Davey, again, alluded to it. We didn't, we raised the white flag. No, I understand that. <laughs> no, no, I know. But I agree with that to a certain extent. But, like, bringing it is, like, is such a, a an intangible thing. Um, like, I would say, and look, sure, everybody's in the same boat. But I would say the absence of supporters probably affects Wexford a little bit more than 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 other teams. You know, when you look around the Hurling Championship, Limerick get a real sort of boost from, from their own fans. And, you know, in fairness to them, they seem to be dealing all right without it. But <laughs> they're still doing okay. <laughs> they're still doing fine. But, you know, Wexford, Wexford do get that, that, that real lift. Like, I, I was at the, the game in Wexford Park in the league... Uh, earlier this year, and we, you know, they they really get a lift from from their own fans, and there was could have been a bit of that uh, on Saturday night, um, and he did like Davy's right, you know, that they that they they didn't fight, you know, that 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 they did lack a bit of fight, um, but I think tactically, you know, Galway won that won the the initial battle, you know. Um, and all the fight in the world wasn't really going to get 
Wexford back into it um, without finding a, a, a different way to play. And like I'm, look, I, I was, I was covering the game, but I had the RT commentary in my ear, the the RT radio commentary, and Tomas Mulcahy was the the co-commentator, and like. Tomas would be very old school and, you know, avowedly so and go and, you know, Wexford, they, they, they really, all this short passing is just not going to get them anywhere. It's not going to get it done. And like, I am not one of those people, you know, I, I was just completely beguiled by watching Wexford last year, how they had sort of rethought this game and, and what they were doing with it. And how well it was working, I was really kind of cheering them on because it's you know it's cool to see this any sport play in a different way. And so I do on no level am I would I be one of these people that goes you know they just need to let it in you know because because you know the the like of all things Davy's been with them for whatever three and a half years and they've been you know drilling this this game that they play. You know, to decide then, you know, you, lads, we just need to drive it in is, you know, it's very anti-intellectual, if, they, if nothing else. But they certainly do need some sort of way um, when things aren't going for them and when, I think there was a point, Johnny Cohen, they were playing down into the, into the hills. So it was in the second half, yeah. And Johnny Cohen's point... Uh, came about three minutes after, I think, a wheeling point. And both of them came from turnovers where Wexford were tr- were trying to, you know, their their intricate hand-passing off the shoulder, running out between their own 45 and 65. And they ran into traffic, got turned over, and, and there was a Galway point. And I, th- I wrote in my notes at the time that, you know, they're wasting possession here. Uh, and, you know, I, you, you, of course, every team has its own identity. Every team plays the way it plays. But it has to have functionality as well. And when, when twice in three or four minutes, you run into a brick wall, and that brick wall not only knocks you on your arse, but wins the ball back off you, and a score is conceded from it, you need to have a different way of getting out you know, you need to, um, whether it is having Conor McDonald at half forward to win a few puckouts or something like that, that, you know, they, they needed to change it up a bit. And, and they didn't. Now, Davey is right. They didn't fight. But maybe the fight was gone out of them at that stage at seeing this game plan that they have honed throughout his time there so repeatedly kind of repelled by Galway. Like, that had knocked the fight out of a lot of teams. It knocked the fight out of a lot of uh, players. And when you're doing that in an empty stadium <laughs> and you don't have your support and all you can hear are the Galway lads, you know, rousing each other every time, every time uh, that tactic works of turning the ball over, turning Wexford's strength against them. Um, you know, it's, it's understandable that the fight was out of it. Yeah, we had uh, Cyril Farrell on the podcast for the preview of the game and I think he was trying to downplay Galway's physicality and conditioning and upplay Wexford. He was saying that Davy will have Wexford the fittest out of any of the teams and they'll be the most conditioned and then Galway's conditioned and look fairly serious too. Yeah, Yeah, look, 
I mean, they always have been really. Galway are known well, for being. Well, they have, but like, like w- watch the games on the weekend. Did you see too many teams that that weren't conditioned? No. In hurling or football, like bub- bubbles came in. He didn't. Bubbles, bubbles was bubbles, <laughs> bubbles dances dances to his own tune. All right, but. <laughs> You, like you're talking about intercounty players here who had nothing to do for six months. Yeah. Uh, like absolutely every every one of them, uh, as soon as uh, the lockdown came, uh, pretty much every intercounty squad uh, had weights delivered to their home and were given. This is what you're doing for the next three months. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I thought that was really striking on the weekend. The shape that players in hurling and football are in like they're you know they're I was I was at a football match in Monaghan two weeks ago Monaghan were playing Kerry and I was looking at some of the, the some of the Kerry lads have come back in just unbelievable shape like like almost transformed you know like of Gavin White and, and David Clifford is, is, a, is really really strong now and um, that went around everybody but like yeah Galway were always they were like they were. What was it? Was it the twenty seventeen final? They went into with six six footers in the in the forwards, like they and you know, I think Conor Whelan was the smallest of them at six foot. Yeah. you know, and they're so they're. Yeah, Cyril Cyril was playing that down for his life. We asked him. Galway actually well, got. I think Jackie Terrell made the point after the game. They got thirteen scores from turnovers. Is it was it thirteen? That's the extraordinary. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that it was that many, but that doesn't seem doesn't seem surprising having been there, you know. And um, that's yeah, that's, that's fairly savage now. So so that tells you like like, but like that tells you that that that's what they targeted. You know, thirteen doesn't happen by accident. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's what they targeted. They targeted right. These guys want to run through us. Let's 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 see. Can they do it? If they can't, then we win the game. Pulling them a mile clear. Just when you were talking, who was it in Cole Coventry on the radio? Mulcahy. Moss Mulcahy, yeah. Yeah, and him, him just like against the passing it around and just more of a hit it in. Mm. It was, I, I thought I noted as well Michael Dignan talking about how he was, he said, I've, I've often been vocal against the sweeper, but it's not a sweeper. I can see it now. It's, it's everyone moving forward. It's very fluid. It's great play. Mm. And then about three minutes, five minutes later, maybe when Wexford were doing a lot worse, it's like Wexford need to change something up here. Yeah. <laughs> that is, and no, to be fair, and and Jackie uh, Tyrrell, who has always been avowedly anti-sweeper as well, noticed this with Wexford. I think he was probably the first pundit to to properly notice it um, about what the point of it is in that system. Yeah. And it is to release runners. It's to release. It's an it's an attacking ploy. Like it is not a defensive thing. It 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 has its defensive. The sweeper has its defensive responsibilities, obviously. But it's not a sweeper in the way that Tag de Burke is a sweeper for for Waterford. It that isn't the point of it. The point of it is to release these players from that area of the pitch and get them running forward and get them running forward uh, together in an attacking way. And um, but Galway there, obviously noticed that too. And, and was there any way Galway stopped the off the ball running? I, I noticed in Crow Park back in the league against Dublin, the the wing forwards, especially 
on the on, on uh, the Hogan side in the first half, it basically just pushing and holding on to Sean Murphy. Like the play was at the other side of the field, but your man mm-hmm. was just holding on to Sean Murphy, knowing that that was the tactic that Sean was going to start running forward, and they just weren't letting it happen. I, was there anything not, like that happening? Not that I noticed, but as you'll understand, you know, especially when you're reporting live, you're not exactly watching all the yeah. off the ball stuff. You're kind of you're kind of following the ball more so because. And you have your head down typing for the second half. Uh, I'd need to watch it back, and I'd need to watch the sort of the uh, panoramic uh, view to see that. But I didn't notice that so much as there was a lot of sort of tracking runners. You know, you could see them. There's an awful lot of communication. They were much louder team. Uh, much more communication between them. Much more kind of pointing and players kind of understanding. You know. We don't let we don't let Simon Donahue uh, creep up the sideline there without somebody pointing it out. We, you know none of that. Uh, they they were they were very diligent in 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 covering runners that way. Now there may well have been quite a, a bit of kind of holding and all that sort of stuff, but I I didn't see any. Yeah, yeah. Galway be taking on Kilkenny in the Leinster final after they just about scraped by. Dublin in what was I mean they weren't scraping by Dublin they were absolutely annihilating Dublin up until 15 minutes to go did you weren't at that one first were you I was at the end of it yeah. because uh I left my house I I live in uh, Glasnevin and so I'm not far from Croke Park at all and I left my house at half time in that game and they were whatever 15 16 points ahead and so I thought, okay, so that game is done. So instead of uh, listening to the rest of it on the radio on the way down, I, I, I rang my mother and let her talk to me for half an hour uh, to relieve her boredom. And um, got into the ground and uh, kind of walked out onto the seventh floor of Croke Park and, and kind of, I was, I was actually even just talking to somebody. I didn't even look at the game. Like I'd say there was about five minutes left. And I was sort of talking to somebody and I went, um, what? What is the score? What the hell has happened here? I, I was just completely, I, I was just totally stunned. And like, I literally did not pay any attention to it until um, Dara Gray scored the equaliser. Because I was standing beside somebody and he went, oh, the wrong man has it. And then he scored it. And he went, oh God, the right man has it. And that was the equaliser. And then Kilkenny kind of rattled back and the thing was like everybody in the press box was completely agog, kind of going, "Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit!" And so I, I was kind of distracting them by going, "Hang on, what has happened here? What? How did they? Were they not sixteen? What?" And they were all going, "You shut the fuck up! We're watching this." <laughs> <laughs> I tell you after. So, um, so it wasn't it wasn't until I saw the Sunday game last night really to, to that I found out what happened. Like. like God Almighty! Such an un-Kilkenny thing to do. Such an un-Cody thing to allow. You know, and that's what that's what they said. Kept saying in commentary, it was like they kept saying like, "Oh well, like strangers, like people people do come back from being big scorers down, but it doesn't happen to Kilkenny." Yeah, if anything, it's Kilkenny who are on the other side of it, who who have who get caught cold early in a game, but then hunt you down toward, uh, as as it comes towards the end, but. Uh, I, unbelievable! Like just to, you know, look, Gal or Dublin are decent. You know, they're not. You, 
you know, this wasn't some sort of no hoper finding yeah, yeah, yeah. against Kilkenny. You know, they have some very good players. Matty Kenny has a decent system there. Crummy to the forwards seems to have worked um, from, you know, God Almighty, from the highlights of the Sunday game. Um, Eamon Dillon should obviously have started. Like, he, he was just phenomenal. And he, he has those, those games in him. Um, but I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'd, I'd love, you'd love some honesty out of, like, you know, Cody always, always sums up in his post-match interviews, look, it's hurling, anything can happen. We were out hurled in the second half. They, we out hurled them in the first half, blah, blah, blah. But like, you'd love, you know, a, a truth serum uh, <laughs> conversation with some of the Kilkenny players just to go, what happened? Like, where, where, how did that level of, concentration just slip so so badly like when it mattered they kicked into gear they went up and they got the scores that won it but um yeah jesus couldn't they won't be wouldn't be able to do that against limerick like the consensus seems to be that they started to play with a sweeper to kind of protect against reed i suppose and they brought dylan on so imagine how they started with a sweeper and started dylan yeah, it is interesting that like they the the sweeper was what they had. I've been at both of their games in the last two years in Leinster, um, and they have played very well against Kilkenny and and played with a sweeper. Sean Moran has sw- has swept in behind Chris Crummy at centre back. Now they have obviously changed changed everything up there, like the. You know, Liam Rush did untold damage against Kilkenny. Uh, was last year or the year before in Parnell Park? It was the year before uh, at full forward. Um, and you know, Rushy didn't even. Uh, I think he came on um, yesterday or Saturday. Um, the, and the, but the sweeper thing had worked against Kilkenny before. It definitely had. Um, and so if they did that in the second half, then then. Um, you kind of wonder why they wouldn't have done it from the start, but they, um, yeah, they're not a bad side at all, Dublin. You know, they they have they have some they have, they do have some really good players, like and and you know some good strikers in in attack, like good like yeah, Young Burke seems to be the real deal. But um, yeah, they 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 must they must regret kind of leaving it so late or or just not coming out for the first half, like. To, to have fallen that far behind, even even when you have it in you to make up the deficit, is, is sort of unforgivable. I think yeah. the draw is very unfair on them now. That uh, they had to play a quarterfinal in Leinster, mm. and they get to the semi, and then they have to play in the first round of the qualifiers for the All Ireland. So they actually have to play three three weeks in a row as like a punishment for not getting to the Leinster final. <laughs> Yeah, there is a bit of that. Uh, although I, it's funny, I was looking at that draw this morning, and I was thinking, God, I'd say Tip would have given Tip would have been very happy. I know they've got a buy. I'd say Tip could have done with a game, uh, and I kind of think that for a lot of these teams that are actually that are playing next weekend, like it's no harm for Cork to have to play. It's Cork Dublin, isn't it? Like. Yeah. You know, to 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 get back on the horse because look, this is all this is all going to be resolved so quickly. Um, so it, having game after game, week after week, it, it, I don't know that it's a huge disadvantage. To them. I, I I know what you're saying. You know that they they end up having to play, 
probably two more games than than, than whoever they're going to meet in a, in a quarterfinal if they get that far. But um, yeah, I I was thinking I was thinking Tipperary might have been looking at that this morning, going, "Yeah, I'm not sure a week off is exactly what we want here." Like the 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 Limerick game is our first game in eight months. Like we could do with a a game against Clare next week or a game against Leash or who or whatever way the draw could have worked out. Do you remember? Uh... In the championship in 2018, the first year they did the round robin, mm. and there was there's a stat there of the t- all the teams played three weeks in a row. I think every team played three weeks in a row yeah. at some stage, and only one team won on the third week. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, um, there was a wee it was a wee bit of a difference then in that uh, everybody was sort of up to speed with their championship then. Uh, you know, the league had been whatever a month beforehand, and so it was the normal rhythm of a of a of a year. So yes, by the time you got to your third match in those in that uh, round robin, uh, you know the bodies would have been getting tired and the minds would have been getting tired. But right now, like I could not. I going into the Limerick Tip game yesterday, having seen Limerick the week before. I couldn't conceive of any way that Limerick would lose against Tipperary yesterday because they had the experience of a game under their belt and Tip hadn't played a game in eight months. So I think teams now really, really need games. There's a line. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, there's, a, yeah. there's a line where from, you know, we have the extra games giving us yeah. the advantage to we played too many games. It's just where yeah, is the line? Yeah, and it's probably yeah. different for every team. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 in fairness, Ben, you're probably right. Like to be fair, I would say, especially playing games in this weather, I'd say there's a lot of very very tired and sore players today. So maybe, yeah, maybe it's no good for Dublin to have to play this many. I think they have a great chance, though. Like, mm-hmm. I think they have a Absolutely, great chance. Yeah, 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 no doubt about it. Like, so this will be their third game. Cork were just not at the races, you know. Just not the, not at it at all. It was Waterford's physicality and relentlessness that that sort of turned them uh, turned them over. But also, Picard just looked so short on ideas, you know, and so lackadaisical. Um, and they need to they need to ramp that up for 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 next week. Yeah, I God, I think they'll have a, a serious chance there. I mean, for Cork. It was just their the shooting was so terrible yeah. for most of the game, and so from people like from Horgan, from Harnady, it was just yeah. it was so unlike some of those players. I mean, they had a huge amount of wides. Waterford had a lot of wides as well. Yeah, I think the weather now has to has to pay for some of that. Now, at the same time, the weather wasn't as bad as Limerick's weather was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were still able to 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 do it much better, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think the weather had an awful lot to do with uh, w- w- with that. But look, the weather is the same for both teams, and you have to you have to suck it up. You have to get over it and find it and find other ways to score. If if it's if it's too hard to shoot from seventy yards, stop shooting from seventy yards. So they um, Waterford handled that so much smarter. I, I think that was that was what really struck me about it was that Waterford were. Were more on it, more up for it, but but smarter too. And um, yeah, Cork, Jesus, Cork, Cork, they must drive their supporters mad. 
strange really with the Cork team. Like, cause people have been saying for the last couple of years that this team, they're not fighters or they're not mm. whatever. But their use of the ball would never have been questioned, say. Whereas yeah. they seem to pick out the Burka quite a lot with their passes and their forwards. Yeah, and look, no, you know, the Burka missed last year, so he, he, he and Waterford uh, haven't won a game in three years before now. So you could tend to, to, to forget just how good he is at reading reading a game, you know, and and like he is the he he's the best at that position. Like as we were saying earlier, their use of a sweeper is is different to to the way Wexford do it. Like he is there as a an auxiliary defender to mop up around. The, you know, the rest of the defender's job is to get the ball to the ground, and the Burke's job is to be there, like a, like a number seven in rugby, there at the breakdown to 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 gather a possession. And his reading of the game is phenomenal, and he is really really brilliant at it. But um, but you're right. Like Cork made a hero of him on the on the weekend. And, you know, God, they're playing against them long enough. They're playing against sweeper systems long enough, not to, you know to have a bit more weight. But but again, like first game for eight months. You know, like this is a really it's a really high high wire act. You know, uh, like I know the football championship is, is knockout, but all the football teams have had two games at the end of the league to yeah. to, to to get some sort of sense of what it is to play these games, you know, and, and, but like, if you go out for your first game as Cork did and you're not on it, you're just, you're a bit off and you're not really sure of, of how everybody is supposed to be in sync. You get exposed like that. And, um, that they, they just didn't look, look to have gelled. And it's not, yeah, they, they, as I say, they must drive their supporters mad because, like, they have the players. Like, they have plenty of players. Their I know their talent is yeah, it's ridiculous, unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, and um, even the lads they brought off the bench, Decky Dalton, Jack O'Connor, the yeah, savage players, savage players. Uh, but yeah, I, I, but like, they're, they're, we're saying this about we're saying near enough the same stuff about them for well, ten years at this stage through four different managers and. And there's a, a, a new management team back again after having done it before. Like the problems seem to be the same all the time. Like, like when when's the last time you saw Cork go out and absolutely bury a team, like outwork them, savage them? You know the the way Kilkenny do or the way Limerick do. But you know you'd, you'd have to go back to to the o four o five team. Like the, the, it's just. It's, I haven't seen it in such a long time. Like Cadigan's obviously a big loss. Dara Fitzgibbon's obviously a big loss. Like there, there are two two big guys in the spine of their team not to be there. But uh, Walsh in the warm up is probably a big loss as well because I'd imagine he was going to take probably the long. They were going to hit the long poke outs to him. I'd imagine. Yeah, but like that can happen, you know. So right. Who's next? Who's who's going to do it? Who's going to do it for us today? Aiden can't catch the ball. He, he's going to have to sit in the stand. What are we doing now? Yeah. Having said all this about Cork and Walford, there was four points in it. Cork, Cork missed a lot of mm. strange wides. The goal Walford scored as a don't look great. They benefited. I thought that was okay. Seven step rule. <laughs> well, I think he, he 
You know, you know, steps are always hard to kind of count, but when the guy kind of tucks it under his oxter as, he, as he's running, you're going, hmm, I think there could be a steps issue there, all right. So I think he probably got away with it, all right. I, I, am, I the I, only I, who, am I the only one who thinks that was okay? I, I was looking at him. He started the game fantastic. Are you joking? He, 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 <laughs> for the steps? Yeah. Do, do you not take five steps? Took seven. Seven. It was definitely seven. I counted seven. Yeah. I, I've been counting wrong then. <laughs> he, 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 he was running up the line a couple of times and I thought he was taking steps every time. Um, yeah, so it would have been harsh on the ref to call him back for that. Yeah. <laughs> when <he scored> goal. <laughs> <laughs> I need to look back over that again. I was looking, I, I just thought that there were large steps maybe. <laughs> He's also very lucky to stay on the field. He, like, yeah, yeah. Sure, he has that in him, Gleason, of course. But but even just to go back to Cork very very uh, quickly, like right, okay, the, that probably should have been a free out for the goal. But like, look where he ran from to where he hit the ball for the goal. You can't you can't be allowed to do that. Like the Cork defenders have to shut off that space. Not almighty, but like when I when I was under ten playing soccer, uh, I was put it right back for a game one day and. The, the manager started off by drawing, he drew, like this was about 10 minutes before a game, and he, he drew a pitch, and he drew goals at one end, and he drew a line from where the halfway line hit the sideline, and drew a line from there to the, the post, and he said, as soon as we lose the ball, you run in that line to the post, cut off that post. I was 10 years old, and that was the rudimentary uh, way of defending uh, that corner of the pitch. Caleb Lyons got the ball on the sideline at, uh, at like, was it around? It was either the 45 or the 20 and ran. Okay, he, he overran the ball. It, it, should, it probably should have been a free yard. But he still was able to run all the way to um, Anthony Nash's near post and, and drop hit the ball in. Like, you, you have to cut that space off. Like, that, that's just rudimentary defending. Um, and like that's that's that that to me like is you you nearly deserve a referee in decision to go against you if you're not going to just cut off the route to goal. It's the it's the simplest part of defending. You know what the solution is? What cynical fouls? What all the teams are doing anyway? In <laughs> <laughs> <Main> problem. <laughs> yeah, there were so um, many. Like Wexford did it twice, I think. Yeah, Galway did it as well. There's yeah. a couple in there. Wexford did it twice, and Joe O'Connor on a yellow card was he really wanted to do it again? <laughs> he, he he went about it and he was like, "Oh crap, I can't." I, I, I've lost the uh, the black card argument with hurling people too many times. I can't understand how it's it's like like I'm not. I would never say it should be a black card in hurling, but why that seemed to be the only solution on offer? Surely there's another option. Other than a black card. <laughs> we, Why, we've said it enough here. A, yeah. 20, uh, a penalty. If it's a, a goal scoring opportunity and you're stopped, then it's a penalty. That's what I think it should be. Well, they, without, whatever about the, the punishment or the punishment that there should be, what I've never understood uh, talking to, to, to hurling people about this is why is there no outrage? I've, I've never understood why there's no... Like, people kind of shrug their shoulders and go, ah, yeah, it's not great. 
but you it's not. It, but it's not. But it's. But like I've I've had variations of the following answers told me. They go, Ara, sure, it's not the biggest thing in the world. It's no, it's not a really big deal, or there's bigger problems to fix in the game. And I have this kind of stuff. I'm going, like, like funny enough, the week before, what Danny Sutcliffe did to the leash player, where he was chasing back after him, and he kind of put his hurley in between his legs, like. Like you would, like you'd put them between the spokes of a tire to on a bicycle to try and, and flip somebody over. Like it was really, really um, a dangerous looking tackle. And like he got a yellow card and everybody shrugged their shoulders and whatever. But like, like that's, that's a really outlandish thing to be doing. Like, to, you know, a guy running at full speed away from you and whatever about taking him down with a rugby tackle, but like, in a piece of wood in between his knee and, and the back of his other knee. Serious, serious damage with that. I, I, I've never understood how hurling stands over those fouls. Like, because you could eradicate them. Okay, it doesn't matter. Black card, penalty, 20 metre free, whatever. Uh, some, bin, you know, you use something to eradicate it. But I, I've, I've never really worked out why there's no there's no push to eradicate it. There's no nobody no the only people who see my rage about her are football people. <laughs> <laughs> never made, it's never made sense to me. Um I think Cyril I think it was Cyril Farrell as well when he was talking to us said about you know Tipperary and Limerick either of those teams could lose that game and come back and win in All Ireland but they f- he felt that it was Cork kinda they needed to win. Because if they lose, they'll be gone. Do, do you see Cork coming back against Dublin? Do you think they have it in them? Oh, I mean, they, they could beat Dublin, but they won't win. The you know, and neither will Dublin. You know, um, the, you know I, th- I, think, I think the field has, has thinned out very, very quickly. Um, I think you're down to four contenders. Um, you're down to Limerick, Tip, Galway and Kilkenny. Uh, I don't see any of the rest of the teams. And Wexford. No, no, no. Well, I, I don't. I, I, just, I honestly don't see it. Like, yeah, yeah, um, okay. You know, I, I like. Um, I, I mean, I saw it last year. All right, and and uh, <laughs> with I saw it on some level before last Saturday, um, but I don't see it now. No, no. And I, 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 well, if it was, if it was a year for where the field was kind of flat. Uh, yeah. But like, Limerick look really impressive. Yeah. Know, so uh, we, we, we'll, we'll go on, we'll go on to that. The Limerick tip game in an absolute storm. They still managed to put on a good show. Not a good show and racked up some score, you know. Uh, they, they put up some, some level of scoring. Uh, could have got more. Could have got more, but it got, I, like they were shooting into the wind in the second half and still ran up a massive score. Um, I thought they were, I thought they were, God, they were so impressive. They were impressive in every aspect of it. Uh, like even down to the subs coming on, all the subs, the, the, the their attacking subs that came on all got on the score sheet. Um, I'm not overly sure about Kyle Hayes as a wing back. I think that was, you know, to 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 target that specific game, I'm not sure 
I'm not sure that they will do that, uh, let's say, in the Munster final or whatever. But, um, yeah, they they really look at us, don't they? Like, they, they really look like they're they're not taking any shit. They're just going to... You know, it was such a different game to the week before. Like, the week before was a very tippy-tappy game that allowed them to show what skillful hurlers they were. Um, and this was a war in, in a monsoon. And... They were as good there, and um, I thought I thought Gerard Hegarty was excellent. I, I thought he was kind of lucky to stay on the pitch. Um, I thought I thought his what he got a yellow card for was was a really bad belt. Now I know everything's fast and it was a wet day and all that sort of stuff, but um, I thought he really I thought he did hit Noel McGrath at that time. Uh, soon after. Um, and no, you know, no got a free and was down, but there didn't seem to be any any follow up to it. Anyway, Gerard Hegarty, I'd say, could end up being hurler of the year. I think like he is just really the sort of like like I think winter hurling really suits him, you know, because uh, his kind of rangy uh, stride where where he just covers the ground, um, would really kind of come to the fore um, he glides he glides yeah, across the yeah he never, he never looks like he's going quick but he's, uh, he's, he's he covers the ground but yeah I, th- I, th- I don't see them with, with too many weaknesses like he you know Tip kind of hung in there but like obviously Tip's uh, second goal should have been a, should have been a free out like and uh, I did think I did think that was picked off the ground Jesus, oh, sure, it was picked off the ground, and then and then he threw it. Yeah, <laughs> it was two frees. Like they they were still in it. I I texted a tip friend. I think it was in forty three minutes. Tip had cut the lead down to six, and I texted a friend of mine from Tipperary, going, "Jesus, playing playing with that win behind you, you'll take a half an hour." With a six-point deficit, you know, because they were starting to come then, and but Limerick just went down the other end and scored. I think one-two in the, in the space of three minutes. And like when you can do that in those conditions, into the face of it, and just rattle off one-two without being being perturbed by it. Um, yeah, like they they haven't gone backwards at all. Like they're they're I don't. I don't know who's going to beat them, but who, who, whoever does, I presume, will, will win the all The only yeah. thing I do think is the tip probably ha- tip have a little more to come from them. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I mean, I, I would never be surprised if tip came back and, and met them in the final. If it's in the final and if it's a wet day like that, Bonner Maher is definitely starting. I don't care what condition he's in. Absolutely. McCormick yeah. as well, I'd say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like their... And they're, they had the players for that, you know. You know, the the knock on tip for years was that they had too many too many good hurlers <laughs> 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 and not not enough donkeys. But uh, they have, um, you know, they're 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 a very physical side themselves. But I like I go back to it. You have to, you know. Yesterday was the first of November. Their last game was the first of March. So that's their literally their first time playing a serious game of hurling together in eight months and they're playing against a team who had played the previous week and, and knocked up knocked up 31 points the previous week or 32 it was um, but almost more importantly I played a game the previous week where everybody came out of it going so that's not real hurling that's only all tippy tappy stuff you know 
you can't you're not going to get away with that so they had their warning like they you know they 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 beat uh, they beat Clare with a with a 6 minute period after at the start of the second half uh, and so they came out they had a whole week to go okay well we're just going to we're going to bring that for the whole game now on on Sunday against Tipperary because we have to and they were doing that against a team that hadn't played together in 8 months so like they were I, w- I didn't expect anything other than a Limerick win uh, yesterday for, for those reasons. Where, whereas if they're meeting two weeks before Christmas and Tipperary have come through a qualifier, a quarterfinal and a semi-final uh, and presumably having had to play uh, Kilkenny or Galway in a, in a semi-final, you know, they will... I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Tip, tip beating them. But um, as of now, Limerick are, the, are absolutely the favourite. Yeah, one of the standout things from like Limerick, their, their spread of scores. I'm just looking at the scores here again. Mm. There was three points from Dermot Burns. Two of them were frees. But then you've got two points from Will O'Donoghue, two from Groad Hegarty, two from Keen Lynch, two from Tom Morrissey, two from Graham Mulcahy, two six from... Galan and a point from Peter Casey and then you've got David Reedy coming on and getting one Tom Morris or no Seamus Flanagan coming on and getting 1-1 and Pat Ryan coming on and getting the score the, the spread yeah. is phenomenal and in those conditions they're, they're all scoring still I just I thought it was incredible yeah 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 and especially as you say there towards the end the subs all coming on uh, in the worst of the conditions playing into the wind yeah and I think they those three guys took four shots and scored one three, like they and like David Reedy's point was this was unbelievable, unbelievable to score, uh in 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 those conditions and Flanagan's I don't know if Flanagan was quite going for the top corner but uh, it it seemed to come off as early anyway let's say he meant it but it 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 was a, a dinger unlikely goal, but like yeah i thought it was unlikely but anyway but but like he was but he was he was very good as well like you know he's um they have a lot they have a lot like you know the what have they lost really they've lost shane dowling the, the full back line doesn't seem to be a problem you know they've lost richie english and um the full back okay uh, uh oh my casey sorry yes 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 they seem to have they seem to have gotten around that you know like like if you're going to lose two members of your of your full back line uh, for the championship, well, Richie English might make it back, but you'd be kind of going, uh, that's that's a lot to overcome. They haven't really missed a beat, have they? You know, you wouldn't say that that the Limerick full back line has been looking shaky or anything like that. You know, they are well protected, I think. From oh, incredibly well protected. back. Yeah, 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 and, and and like that's the way they do it. But you know, I don't know they. Maybe for the maybe for the Clare goal they got a bit mixed up. Barry Nash went in for a ball he probably should have left to to Morrissey. But uh, you know, other than that, I don't I don't see a lot of weaknesses with them. And they're clearly on a mission. You know, they clearly clearly think that they made a ball against Kilkenny last year, and kind of should should be nearly going for three in a row at this stage. You know, like they're you can you can kind of get the sense they're 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 hurting from that from that game against Kilkenny. Yeah. Both the fact of their own performance, but then they got a bit unlucky with that sideline too, didn't they? And yeah, they did. But they were they were the better team won that day. 
you know, I, I like, yeah, like they, they should have got a 65 at the end. It should have gone to extra time or whatever. But um, Kilkenny was a better team than them that day. Um, and and really um, stood up to them in a way that maybe they hadn't been stood up to in a while. And uh, yeah, I'd say they were hurt far more from the fact that that, that they were the lesser team, you know, than, than bitching about a decision that didn't go their way. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. They, they, these things happen one way or the other. But they were, but you're right, like they are, they, they look like they're a team. You know, if we talk about teams that have, that have lost games so far in the championship, the, you know, if we talk about Cork, if we talk about Clare or whoever, teams that look to be a little bit caught out by the circumstances. Like, cause you must remember, like it is, it is weird to be playing in these empty stadiums. It is a weird thing, you know, like as much as uh, you go out and you're standing, sing, listening to the anthem going, right, I'm really gonna attack this game. Like, it is very strange to be playing in empty stadiums. And it's, uh, players can get caught out, you know, you could get caught cold. And they are one of the, the one team that, that do not look like they're getting caught cold on any level. They're up for it. They're just, you know, they're just going to drive through. Two games this weekend, Dublin, Cork. Who who you pick for that? I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Dublin did it. Because I don't... They have at least shown they've they've played three halves of hurling uh, and got their arse handed to them in the other half. Whereas Cork have done nothing. They they just folded really against Waterford uh, in a game that was still there for them. Even you know they just never at any stage sort of grasped their chance. So I think Dublin's momentum might carry them through that. Um, I don't know if they have everybody available. What sort of toll maybe. Uh, playing three weeks in a row might have taken, and then you know that could be a, that could obviously be a factor. But um, yeah, if Keeney is back, because yeah, although there doesn't seem to be much sign of him so far. Well, there's been no word on whether he is out or not. Though. No, 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 and I think and I think the question has been asked, and the reporters have got a kind of a shrug, uh, <laughs> as in yeah, he's around, but. You know, we're not entirely certain yet. Uh, like he was, he I was at a couple of the Ballyboden games in uh, in the Dublin Club Championship. Like he was, he's he looks no different to to you know he's he he was still their main man. He was still their absolute main threat under puckouts. He was still the guy that you know turned games for them when when Ballyboden might be listing a bit. So. Um, He's still if if he's around, uh, I presume that they they will have him. But um, there's there's been no sign of him yet, and I'm not sure whether he's in the squad or not. And how about you, Dublin Cork? Oh, I'm gonna pick Cork. I just think they have better hurlers, and Dublin might be a bit tired. I've changed my mind three or four times. I'm just thinking Cork can't be as poor at shooting again, but. I'll stick with Leinster and go Dublin. You make a good point, Gary, from, from a shooting point of view. Like, Patrick Organ scored three points from freeze. 
I'd say you might have to go back to an under ten game the last time he did that. Like you yeah. know, uh, it, it no, he scored one three from freeze, but like three points from freeze is either a tribute. Well, it's it's a tribute to to Waterford's discipline, but also uh, his his shooting in the first half. So that's not going to happen again. Like, what do you what what do we put him down for on the weekend? 12, 14 points from freeze, like that will get you through an awful lot of games. And it has got caught through games in the past where they weren't at it. So now I've changed my mind again. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, I noticed that. Three points from Freeze and Bennett had twelve, so like there's a yeah. big, yeah. big difference there. Yeah. Care to win the other one? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Did you, I didn't think that I like when it was fifteen all at half time in their game with with Limerick. You were kind of going, okay, there isn't an awful lot of bite in this game, but they're they're hanging in there. Um, now, obviously, Tony Kelly was. Tony Kelly might might have got himself an all star there. <laughs> I think he did, like a... <laughs> even if they could, a real real old style, uh, like like uh, when the all stars used to like in the eighties, a guy would get an all star from, from from having a good monster semi final, you know. <laughs> uh, so to like that, that was... to manmark Tony Kelly, I'd say. Well, at, at least manmark him. Manmark him with at least one player, maybe with two. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe so. Um, but um, Clare, funny team. Like you know, they. It's fairly clear that no team got lost out so much over the over the lockdown the, than Clare did. You know, the, to lose John Conlon, uh, Reedy, Galvin. Colin Galvin, and Podge Collins. Now I know, I know, or Peter Duggan, sorry, uh, Galvin and, and and Podge Collins. Like I know. I know Podge wasn't exact, hasn't exactly been a marquee player for the last few years, but he's still like he's still a really solid part of that their their attack there. So to lose those players, what I find interesting with them was that they they didn't they didn't replace like with like well not like with like but like I was surprised with, with John Conlon out that Aaron Shanahan was it wasn't starting games like on, on the edge of the square, like I I think Shane O'Donnell is he's one of He's pound for pound the best hurler for gaining his own possession. As in, like, he's not he's not big. He's not he's not somebody who can hold a, a full back off with that hand and catch the ball with that hand. Like he he has he he is he has an incredible facility for picking loose ball off the ground. But I would not have him as the focal point of an attack, the way Claire do. I would have him as a foil, somebody playing off uh, John Conlon, which would would have been the way they normally do. But I was surprised not to see Aaron Shanahan until until Limerick had kind of pulled away the last day. I, I kind of thought that he would have been in there from the start um, for for O'Donnell to play around. Um, so they're a strange. They're in a strange place. Like Kelly can't. He's not going like. That could have, that's the performance of his life. Like to expect him to do it again, so I wouldn't um, be surprised. You wouldn't be surprised, and and look, it's leash, so maybe maybe he will. But um, I I would marginally go with with Claire, but I'm not sure either of the team. I'd say this is the the last and second last game for 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 the two teams. Whoever whoever wins, I'd say they'll, they'll make it one more. Game. 
Sorry to all our leash listeners out there. Ah, sure. No, no, no. no. <laughs> There's no point. I, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. overdoing it. Like they, they, look, they're a very, very solid team, very commendable team, uh, and like they are the sort of at, at the level of team that the game needs to be cultivated. You know, yeah. like, like like a leash needs the the, game, the 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 sport needs a leash to get up get up and keep improving and get up to where like they are now where let's say Dublin were uh, a decade ago or whatever um, they need you know hurling needs leash to to, to plough on and and make it so that the, the put it this way they need to make it so that previews like this sound stupid so yeah. like they need to they need to be clear like the, the same way as they needed to beat Dublin last year, they need to just keep winning these games and keep t- sticking it up to gobshites like me who dismiss them out of hand. <laughs> um, and and to, to be taken seriously because that, that that's how it goes. Look, Dublin are taken seriously to a certain extent now. Uh, you know, you, you whereas ten years ago they were you know Dublin hurling or you, you cry tears for it. So the the game needs them. They needs them to to to. To kick on and not have, you know, once once a year big days like they had against Dublin last year. But look, Dublin, like Dublin, kind of put them away very handy, very handily the, the first day. So a repeat of that means Clare ought to put them put them away reasonably handily. Yeah. As well. The unfortunate thing I do think is that if Leash do beat Clare, mm. I think it'll be more people. Criticizing Claire and saying how many players they yeah. lost and giving Leash the credit. Absolutely, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. And this is it. But like, these are year long, years long projects. You don't, you don't get taken seriously um, overnight. You, you you do it from from winning year after year and game after game. So go go and win and shut shut idiots like me up. <laughs> Thanks for um, coming on the podcast. Oh, not yeah. at all, lads. Anytime, anytime. Delighted to do it. Well, okay, appreciate it. Thanks anytime. Take it easy. Take care. No worries. Cheers, Ben. Unfortunately, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it. He simply said he was too emotional. So we had to leave him there. We'll be back next week when we find out who we're playing in round two of the qualifiers. In the meantime, tell your friends. That'll be great. Thanks for listening. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking pain. Hello, Wexford!